0: Thank you. Welcome to Steadfast. I am so glad to be here once again live with you as we explore God's Word. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and we're going to think about what wonderful days look like. What do the days that we seek after look at look like? What kind of blessings are we really seeking after? We wish people that, that God would bless them. We might pray for blessings. What does Scripture say about blessings? What's really important to know about them? How do we know that we're focused on the right kind of blessings? Those are the sorts of things that Proverbs helps us to think about. And as we prepare to do that, let's go ahead and come before our God in prayer and ask that he would guide us tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Lord, you have indeed blessed us, blessed us with your truth, with your care, with your presence. Lord, would you help us as we wrestle with the things that we seek after and the things that you call us to seek after, that we would align those, that we would seek after that that you say is most important, and in that we might experience your peace and indeed your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. There are a lot of different things that are claimed to be the blessing of following God. We talked about that somewhat last night in our message, Exploring Everyday Jesus, thinking about what does it look like to follow Jesus? It doesn't look nearly as easy or as simple as some people want to make it out to be. Yes, it's very simple to start following Jesus, to come before him and ask him to be our Lord, to, to ask him for forgiveness of our sins. That that part's simple. We, we shouldn't blow that up into something overly complicated. And yet we know if we've been following him for some time, or if you watch people who have, if you're kind of trying to figure out where you land, that there's an awful lot of times it's really quite difficult that the world seems to oppose following Jesus. We're, We're certainly out of sync with the things that the world says we should value. And so it becomes difficult to know, well, what does it look like when God is actually working in my life? What does it look like when he's actually providing blessing? What does blessing really even mean? There are an awful lot of forged blessings in the world, and we live in a world that is wrestling with forgery more than ever before. Yes, there have always been counterfeiters, there have always been other sorts of forgers, people who forge signatures and so on. But for example, just this morning, this picture went up on the internet, and it looks pretty bad, and if you know where it's claimed to be, it's even worse. That's allegedly an attack of some sort, maybe a bombing taking place near the Pentagon. And it, and those of us who lived through the 9-11 era, especially, it brings back all kinds of horrible memories of of those jetliners crashing into the Twin Towers and then into the Pentagon. I think about that, and, and a lot of people thought about that. They saw that image, and before it could even be tested, before anyone went and tried to get an eyewitness report or take another picture, for a brief moment, there was a 500 billion dollar loss in the stock market as the stocks tumbled as investors feared some sort of horrific attack. Only it was all forged. It wasn't real at all. There were thousands of accounts that shared this picture on Twitter, many of them seemingly linked with the Russian government. And that Russian government, of course, would love nothing more than to see the American government go crashing down in the economy around it. And so they, they were interested in amplifying this, but a lot of people running into it and sharing it were just sharing the horror that they thought was happening when it was actually an AI-generated image. And if you look closely at it, and you can go online and see people taking close-ups of it and pointing out different parts of this this forged picture, the windows don't actually match up like real windows do. In the building, the fence blends into the scenery in ways physical fences don't. It's the sort of thing a computer trying to approximate the real world might do, but not a photo of the real world. And yet, because in the moment as people saw it, they reacted, they said, whoa, this is something bad. They jumped to conclusions. We jump to conclusions on what's of real value in life. We we see something that seems to offer ease in life or seems to be what we've been seeking after in life. And we say, ah, there is blessing. There is where God is favoring people. There is what I need. And if hopefully that's where God's favoring people, because that's what I need, I, I, it's going to make my life better. Those sorts of things. We jump to those conclusions. We jump to the wrong conclusions, and the stock market of our life goes crashing down based on false assumptions. Then we wonder why things aren't going well. And sometimes we we delude ourselves further. We say, "Well, the Christian life's supposed to be hard," and indeed, oftentimes it is. But it's so important that we understand when we're facing true opposition, when we're facing true difficulty, in response to God truly working in us and there truly being God's blessing, and when we're actually living. Our lives chasing after AI-generated forgeries. And that's what Proverbs wants us to wrestle with. And we see that if we turn to Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to encounter Lady Wisdom once again in chapter 3, starting with verse 13. It says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So we're told that God's wisdom is what we should be seeking after. And clearly, we see here a relationship between God's blessing and God's wisdom. But even when we think about wisdom, it is a challenging thing, isn't it? Because what do we do if there is a forgery? How do we know what's true and what isn't? Well, we turn to God's Word. We come to his word again and again, and that's what we do as we turn to Proverbs tonight and why we turn to God's word every week when we gather together. Because we need help figuring out all these different pictures are being shared online and it seems like there's disaster over here and there's blessing over here. and, And how do I know what I really should be chasing after? Here's the problem when we chase after the wrong things, when we chase after the wrong sorts of blessings, when we chase after what we think is going to bring us happiness and peace, and it isn't. It's like putting money in a bank account that doesn't pay any interest and it just sits there and actually depreciates because there's this thing called inflation and every year a dollar is worth less than the year before. So we put money in an account that isn't earning any money and it counterintuitively, while we think we're keeping it safe, becomes less valuable. as we take our lives and we invest it in different things, seeking after blessings, seeking after peace, seeking after happiness, if we don't invest it wisely, what are we doing? If we don't invest it wisely, we are chasing after that, which doesn't pay any interest at all. And we're going to find ourselves deeply, deeply dissatisfied in the end. We're going to find ourselves like those investors who maybe sold off their stocks as the market was crashing this morning. And didn't get back in while it was down and then had to rebuy whatever they'd invested in previously at a much higher rate after it rebounded, after people came to their senses. We need to actually get to the truth of what's valuable and we, we find something that seems to offer success. Our world loves to peddle anger, for example. You can find that very easily online and it seems like it offers all kinds of benefits. If we're the one who's angry, maybe we can keep the other people from getting the anger edge on us. If we're the ones who are angry, we won't let anyone slide anything by us. We will catch all the forgeries coming at us. And ironically, it often makes us all the more willing to chase after forgeries because instead of clinging to to the goodness of God and, and his blessing, we're just feeding that fire of anger in ourselves. Sometimes it's simple success we say well it seems like in the bible it is a good thing if, if you if you do well yeah there's the thing about money being the root of all evil and and yeah occasionally jesus talks about self-sacrifice and so on but tim right here in proverbs we're in proverbs it talks about the blessings of that god provides of material wealth and so on how do i how do i get these things to come together because it seems like maybe what i should do is is focus on doing well in life. And if it goes well, if I'm able to have a successful career, if I'm able to invest well, if I'm able to accomplish things that that bring wealth into my life, then I must know I have God's blessing. And in fact, I can even go on television and and watch preachers that seem to say that very thing. And we look at what we think is success, and we think that we're investing, and we think we're getting great interest back. But it's sort of like onions now now if you're a fan of shrek you're thinking oh he's going to talk about ogres i'm not going to talk about ogres tonight onions have all kinds of layers indeed and one of the layers about onions we we buy them typically most of us for for something to put in in or on our food right slice up a nice onion put it on a burger or in a salad throw it in a casserole to add flavor we're looking at that onion there and thinking of the value it brings to us in that bulb there. We don't really even think of it as a bulb or, or anything like that. We think of it as an edible piece of food. And yet I shared on Steadfast a few years ago, I had a wonderful surprise that didn't really even seem like a surprise, a wonderful surprise at first when I had a bag a few years ago of, of onions that started to spoil. And then I went out to the garage, they'd fallen under some things, and I discovered these onions were sprouting and trying to grow, and I felt sorry for them. I thought, well, they're trying so hard in a dark garage to grow, I'll plant them. And then I shared this picture, and I was thinking of it again this week, if you look at it. The picture is a beautiful picture of an onion flower it turned into something else very beautiful that was well beyond just being being food. But but the thing is with that picture, it, it shows that I underestimated the true blessing of that onion because while I've enjoyed eat, eating onions all my life, I, I'm certainly not looking to quit eating onions. I actually probably got more en- enjoyment, at least for a single onion, out of that onion growing and, and flowering than I've ever gotten out of eating an onion because that onion went from just being this this piece of food, this bulb, into a beautiful plant with beautiful flowers that brought enjoyment for months. Oftentimes, we, we get caught in something, even a good something. We, we get caught up on our health. We get caught up on our prosperity. We get caught up on having a, a peaceful life. And we look at that and we think, well, this is really what I need. And, and what we're really looking at is just one aspect of a richer blessing that God is promising not promising that life's going to go perfectly easily, but he is promising that as we seek him, as we turn to him, he will provide a much richer blessing. Just like that onion, that seemingly rotten onion, turned into a genuinely rich blessing. And and that's really what what we're learning about Lady Wisdom here. And if we, we turn back to Proverbs 3 once again, and we look at what she has to say, notice what she goes on to say here in verse 16. She says, long or or of lady wisdom long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her those who hold her fast are called blessed what what are we learning about her here because we might say well it seems like it's even saying we should chase after these things of the world note here verse 16 it begins saying long life is in her right hand, but in her left hand are riches and honor, the very things the world seems to value most. Prosperity, people looking up to us, it seems like it's right there. Now, how do we make sense of that? What we need to understand here is that God does indeed provide the blessings that we find in the world. The reason that we value these things, in part at least, is they can be very good things. The problem is we overvalue them. We come to see them as the source of blessing, the thing that we need that will provide further blessing rather than the fruit, so to speak, of the blessing. You have an onion plant divide and you get several different onions and you enjoy one of those onions on your burger. There's a fruit to enjoy. Not technically a fruit, but you know what I mean. Uh, There's fruit to enjoy, but it's not the whole story. And so often, especially in our modern culture, but really throughout human history, we'll catch on to things like riches and honor, health, success, we grab onto those things because they're very clear, they're demonstrable. They, they Just like an onion has a very distinct flavor, we can't miss it when we put it on our barbecued burger. So too, these things have very distinct flavors in our lives and they seem to provide exactly what we want. And so we chase after them. But notice here how that verse starts, long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. So yes, riches and honor come from God. They come from his wisdom. When we seek to do what is wise and good, at times it does what it should. When we treat people with integrity, when we run a business wisely and appropriately, maybe maybe you start a small business, you start it and you treat people well. They may honor you. They may make your business a success. At times, it really just works that straightforwardly. And, and Proverbs has a sense of what we call proverbial truth, truth that is the way things ought to be and often is. And, and I think really when we look at life, we can say more times than not, more times than not, if we do the right thing, it ultimately works out pretty well. And yet we get focused on the times when we do the right thing and it doesn't work out well. And we see the people who don't do the right thing who aren't spending their time seeking after the Lord's wisdom. They're just seeking after riches and honor. And guess what? They have riches and honor. And we think, hmm. But notice here, it does say that, but before that, it says that Lady Wisdom has something else in her her right hand, and that's long life. And, And as we wrestle with this, what we're being told about here isn't the sense that she is someone who offers us good health for a very long time. Indeed, God's blessing can include health, and when we have good health, for whatever amount of time we have breath in our body, we should thank God that he's provided it to us. As we're told in Acts 17, in him we live and move and have our being. But It seems like there's something more in view here. And we see that as we go on to verse 18. Notice if we look here, it says, she is a tree of life, to those who lay hold of her, those who hold her fast are called blessed. If you think about what it's saying there, and we think about what we know about Scripture, in fact, Jim Jim Krenning and I were just talking about this the other day about the image of the tree of life throughout Scripture, and and you think about where do we encounter that? First, we encounter that back in Genesis. It's it's a tree in the Garden of Eden, a tree that human beings are banned from enjoying because of sin. And here we're told there's access to the tree of life. We see that tree image occur several more times in scripture of, for example, Proverbs 11, talking about how the righteous person can be the tree of life. And all this ties together because what's being said here is that while, yes, Lady Wisdom in her left hand, what does she have? She has riches and honor. And when we do the right thing, when we work hard, when we work with integrity, when we serve people, those things can come, in her right hand, in her right hand, she's holding on to more than just good health, more than just a long earthly life, but the longest kind of life, eternal life. That's what's in view here. And so she's going to hold in in, in somewhat traditional fashion. Sorry, lefties. My grandpa was a lefty. I love le- left-handed people. But think of it in the sense that she's going to hold on with whatever is valued most with her right hand. that That's the picture here. And the thing that's of greatest value is life eternal. It's not the riches and honor. Those can come and go. Sometimes we're, we're planting our onions and they're, they're multiplying and they're doing well. Sometimes we have some flowers and we enjoy those. Sometimes we have a great burger seasoned with, with nice slices of onion on top of it. But it's the holistic picture. We need the thing that's actually going to provide that over and over again. We need the tended field that's going to have it. And that comes in a life blessed by God, a life that has more in view than the world itself and and our limited earthly lifespan itself. We need something more. That's what we're told about here. Because when she seeks after this great wisdom, or rather when we do, we seek after her, we seek after Lady Wisdom, we seek after the Lord's Wisdom. What do we find we're being brought into something better and and sometimes it looks really really productive we see the giant flowers coming off of our onion bulb we planted and other times we're just looking at the bag of onions that's starting to sprout and it's clearly inedible and thinking i really wanted an onion on my burger and now i don't have any and it feels more like a curse in the moment that's how our lives are isn't it we, we at times we we feel like everything is going so well And we're clinging to God's promises, and he seems to be blessing us, and we think, wow, hey, this Christian life thing is pretty good. Then it goes wrong, and if we stick to what God has called us to do, it seems to go even worse because we're, we're trying to live with integrity. We're trying to do what God values, and we're not holding on to the values of the world. Maybe we get passed up for a promotion. Maybe our neighbors don't like us very much. We think, I really wanted that slice of onion on my burger, and now it's gone. Notice what it says in verse 17, though. It says, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Once again, this is talking about our trajectory, not where we are always in the moment. Sometimes momentary peace, passing peace, comes in just ceding to the world, saying what the world appreciates. Not sharing our faith, not standing on the scriptures, not Holding to the truth, but saying whatever makes people happy. That seems to provide peace, but it's a passing peace. But this peace, it's one of the words that we like in Christian circles sometimes to toss around from Hebrew, but it's a good word, shalom. That's the word being used there. That word is talking about something very deep and rich here, and it's the peace of God. See, here's the thing. We can make people happy in the moment. They can like us in the moment. They can be going along with us in the moment. But if all we're doing is saying the right things to achieve a a human peace, it's just going to work until we can't, until we're no longer useful, or we simply can't bend that far. And that peace goes away. But if we seek after God's peace, what do we see? It's a peace that grows back year after year. It's a perennial peace. It doesn't die at the first frost. and We can hold on to that, that rich, rich blessing. So here's what we need to do. We need to be looking for forgeries and be able to to recognize them when they come. I was reading about a 20th century artist, and that artist was a was a Dutch artist, a very talented artist, but he greatly loved Renaissance and just post-Renaissance Dutch painting. And he admired it so greatly, that's the style he developed. And, and this was when Europe was middle 20s and 30s. They're, they're totally into modern art and, and all these new styles of art that were being put out. And he was looked at as purely derivative. He wasn't of any use. No one wanted to, to appreciate him. They said he didn't have any talent at all. He, yeah, he could toss around a paintbrush. And so he decided, that this man decided that he was going to prove a point. He was going to prove to the world that he was a great artist. And so he set out to imitate the Dutch masters. And he was going to create art and pretend that it was their art that he was discovering. And so he painted a painting very similar to the the famous painting girl with a pearl earring. He painted a very similar painting, gave it to, to a friend, said that he had discovered this new uh Vermeer piece and to take it to an, a, a mutual friend art expert and ask for it to be evaluated the art expert looked at that all the the blessings of the painting how how was how had it aged had the paint cracked just the way that Vermeer's paintings would have cracked over time was the canvas of the right age were the paints made up of the right combination of pigments that would be used at the time all the things that that were right to look for to see if it was an authentic painting. And he came to the conclusion it was an authentic Vermeer. Except it wasn't. You see, this man, in his determination to show how good of artist he was, studied how Vermeer had painted, studied what kind of paints he used, studied what kind of brush he used. He made his own brushes. And then he applied 20th century chemicals to age the paints. And he managed to create paintings, brand new paintings that were were unique to him that many, many people in the art world were fooled into thinking were the great Dutch masters. It went so far as to, to confuse the Nazis during World War II as they, they looted Europe, taking great art. Hermann Göring, who, who looted numerous people and stole all kinds of art from, from all around Europe, traded over 100 looted paintings for this one painting he thought was of a Vermeer. That turned out instead to be a forgery. This artist became so well known for this that after the war, he was put on trial as assisting the Nazis because they thought that he'd taken these Dutch treasures and been willing to pawn them off to the Nazis when he was actually scheming the Nazis for money buying forgeries. He almost put to death for it. And I was thinking about this. Why am I telling you this, this story? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? But why am I telling you this? Well, it struck me as I was reading this story that, that you have even art experts and they were looking for certain parts of, of a painting. They were looking for what pigments were used, how it was aged, all these sorts of things, proper things. Just like in our lives, we evaluate, well, is, is God blessing my life? Or is there peace in my life? Is he providing for me in my life? Do I seem to, do things seem to be going smoothly? And, and these aren't bad things to look for. Sometimes we're running into, we're banging our head into a wall and we're wondering what's going on and we realize, wait a second, God is saying, I'm not blessing this path. I don't want you going that way. But we shouldn't ever conclude that those things are the blessing in themselves. They're signs of the blessing. And these art experts assumed that these different details they looked for were the actual thing. But they weren't. Later on, they were able to look and see, well, the cracks in the painting, yes, they were there, but they weren't cracked at in the exact pattern of an, an original. The the difference was one was an original painted by Vimir and one was not. And when we see these things that we often call the blessings of life, the things that are listed here that Lady Wisdom's holding in her left hand, riches and honor, or further down in verse 17, the, the paths of peace and the ways of pleasantness, and we're looking at those things and, and we say, well, it seems like those are even coming from Lady Wisdom. Why shouldn't I think that God's blessing... What we're not really looking for is, am I focused on God's gift of eternal life? Am I focused on God's wisdom itself? Because when they're painted by an imitation brush and with imitation pigments, they may look like they have all the right things, but what they don't have is the the lasting truth behind them. They're not actually from God. And they won't ultimately give lasting peace. But when we listen to Lady Wisdom and we keep turning to what she says we really should value, which isn't the things, but the one behind them, and it isn't the things, but the ways that he calls us to that in the best moments lead to those things, then we don't get caught up in the forgeries. We don't start panicking when it looks like the Pentagon is under fire and AI is just generating a picture. We instead look to be the tree of life for others. Because note here, she is the tree of life to those who lay hold of her. And so when we turn to God's wisdom, we're receiving his eternal life, and he's cultivating that life in us. But then it goes on. This is the the final part of this section, this beautiful section here. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. What does that mean? Well, we, we we go back to Genesis once again. Abraham was called blessed. Why? Because he was going to be the one by whom a nation would come that would, would bring the truth of God, would ultimately bring the Messiah who brought eternal life. And if, if we turn to that passage Jim and I were just talking about the other day that I know he's been working on doing a study on, if we turn over to Proverbs 11 and we look at the promises there, what are we told there? We're told that The one who seeks wisdom is a tree of life to others. How beautiful is that? What's that referring to? Well, if we're just buying a counterfeit and then putting up on a wall, we're presenting other people with a counterfeit. But something was discovered once people understood that this artist, this this man who had hidden behind these Dutch masters' names, was actually doing this and doing it so well that he could fool art experts. They realized that he actually was an artist in his own right, that he had his own value and his paintings started to go up in value, even when he signed them himself, because they saw, wait, we want the source and we want the true source. And even when this one who's been counterfeiting, we don't want the counterfeit blessings. We want the true source. We want the artist. And when we point people to the artist, when we're soaking in his brush strokes in our life and, and not the f- the false results of other brush strokes and we start to paint blessing into other people's lives because we paint the one blessing that really lasts and that is knowledge of who god is his love and his eternal presence that stays with us and offers us eternal life that is the blessing everything else is the flower that's blooming for a moment or the the nice slice of onion on the sandwich they're good Let us get them from the true source that keeps restoring us. When we do, we experience the sort of blessing that Lady Wisdom's talking about. Hope this has been an encouragement to you tonight. We all need to seek, where are we going after forgeries? Let's go ahead and come before our God now. And as we do, I'm going to take just a few moments of silence to give us a second to to put whatever we're struggling with right now before our God and ask him to help us to see the forgeries in our lives and seek after his master brush strokes instead. Let's pray. Lord, so often we go after the counterfeits. We go after the results, the the pigments that are right, the, the flowers, but we don't really start to think about where do they come from? what really matters when it's art it's the artist that matters when it's the flowers it's the plantings and the cultivation over years to keep them coming that matters and when we're talking about life and a blessed life and a peaceful life what matters it's that the great artist who created the world is is there with us painting our lives and at times lord when when things are rough we we think that you're not blessing us we get focused on what's wrong would you help us to see your blessings, to see your master brushstrokes and to see what true blessing looks like, that it's knowledge of you, that it's your presence, the relationship with you. It isn't the things of the world. And even as you affirm that those things can come from you as well, those things, every material blessing is from you. Every blessing of health is from you. Every blessing of of right-placed honor that we receive is, is from you. That those aren't the blessing in themselves. Those are us chasing after that pigment. Would help us to to go past that, that we might not be trapped by forgeries and and misdirection, but that we would rest in you and experience that true peace, that shalom, that that will last, not just even in this lifetime, but in the life to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We all struggle with that, don't we? And I would bet if you think of everyone around you, you don't know, I don't think you can think of a single person who's not going to struggle to chase after some of the forgery, some of the 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 pigments, but not the painter. And so we can all help each other as we encourage each other to come to God's word. One way you can do that is by sharing this video. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please like us on Facebook. Please share this video. Please email it to a friend. Please encourage someone to watch it with you. As we dig into God's word together, we are being the tree of life to other people that desperately need that eternal life. And as they already are clinging to it, need to be encouraged in the walk because it can be hard, can't it? If there's any way I can be praying for you, I would love to. And you can go ahead and shoot me a a message at the texting line on screen or leave a comment in the comments below. And I would love to pray for you. Next week, we're going to continue as we find Lady Wisdom once again in Proverbs 8. She's going to be encouraging us to chase after her. We're told that when we're seeking wisdom, what are we to do? We should seek wisdom even more. And that's what we're going to be thinking about next week. So I hope you'll join me for that. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. And I can't wait to dig into God's word again with you very soon.